Welcome to The Lively Show. Let's explore the beauty of being alive. Hello, my friends, and welcome to today's show. Today, we have another Beauty of Life episode with Jennifer, all about aligned parenting and what that looks like. But before we get into that interview with Jennifer, I just also wanted to say, tomorrow is the start of our new class, Empowered, I-N-P-O-W-E-R-E-D. Empowered is the class that came from a community listener request at Popular Demand. You guys have been so excited because in the Beauty of Life series with Jennifer and Danielle, I've mentioned the power of personally identifying and releasing my own victim stories and also sharing those situations where Jennifer and Danielle have also been able to do the same. And the class is actually dedicated for the next three weeks, starting tomorrow, to work with a community of people who are excited to do the same in their own lives. The power of doing this is because no one else can release us from our victim stories but us. So our own power lies from within, but sometimes it's helpful to do it in a group and also shed that light in a greater, higher way to the areas that are kind of our blind spots or dark spots. We can't really see those parts that are in on awareness. So we're going to be working and looking and and releasing all of that juicy goodness so that we can have all the potentials available to us that we truly have when we're not stuck identifying with the victim story. But for now, let's go to the show. Jennifer, thank you so much for coming back on the show. Oh, thank you for having me. Okay. So last episode was really impactful for a lot of people. They're just listening to it. I know we're recording this and they'll hear this in like a week or two. But when they just heard last week's episode with you, which was your last session, and it really helped a lot of people. So thank you for that episode. No, I'm, I'm glad. I mean, it was impactful for me. Yeah. So what's been <laughs> happening since we last heard that, since everybody was so benefited by it? What has happened over the last two weeks for you? Well, um, I did have a chat with my husband um, you know, that weekend Finley wasn't here and, um, you know, I tried not to push too hard as far as like, it has to be at this time or, you know, tried to listen and, and just kind of do it as it flowed to do it. And I think the talk went pretty good. I mean, it wasn't like the movies or anything, um, <laughs> you know, where everything gets solved and, but I was, you know, honest with him and honestly, it just, it really helped not having the pressure of having to do this right. You know, that idea, kind of like with the principal, the idea of going in and just stating how I'm feeling um, and just, and not having a plan of action, um, that really helps me because I knew all I had to do was tell him how I'm feeling. And that was my only responsibility. Um, I didn't have to have a game plan that he needed to agree to. Um, You know, in the past, that would have been (laughs) part of it. (laughs) Just like with the principal. And isn't that how so many people think they need to force their reality to one specific conclusion? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, to have, or, or to say it just right, you know, so that you can control what the other person will react, you know, which is impossible, but, um, you know, that was really helpful. I mean, 
as far as his reaction, you know, he didn't get upset or anything, like really mad. Um, you know, he, but he didn't, it's like he doesn't know either, obviously, like what to do. Um, but he did acknowledge that he's been wanting to say something for a while and just hasn't done it or, you know, like just didn't know how, um, that he's noticed, you know, things are different. Um, so that was good because it made me feel, I guess, understood. Um, and then, you know, that weekend we talked a lot after that, it kind of came up a couple times. And, um, after that weekend, I felt a lot more connection to him. Um, like almost up to what I maybe had before, but then it's like the week kind of came at us and we had our weekend, you know, stuff to do with Finley and, and by the weekend, you know, <laughs> I kind of felt similar to how I'd felt before, you know, like that connection had been, I don't know, like evaporated with all of this stuff, you know, just kind of getting back into the routine. Um, but I mean, it was there for that yeah. little bit of time. And so I, I was kind of disappointed and I went on a walk this morning and, you know, I was thinking about how I'd felt this weekend. Um, I didn't get much sleep either this weekend, so I wasn't maybe emotionally at my best. And, and I was just like asking my inner voice, like, you know, what, have I, have I really changed at all? <laughs> you know, like, or, or am I just kind of doing the same thing? And what did it say? And it came back with, it came back with, well, you're asking me. And I realized, you know, yeah. Was that new? <laughs> the fact that you asked? <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, you're asking me and you never used to talk to me unless something was very, very, very wrong, you know, like kind of like the Easter Sunday churchgoers yeah. or whatever, or, you know, like you only pray when you are at your wits end. And, and I guess that's what I've been doing with my inner voice. Just going at Christmas and Easter, <laughs> paying the respects. It's like a holiday inner voice. I go to you when I have to, or when grandma's dying, but otherwise it's not in my field of my reality. Pretty much like it was, I, it was in my, I guess, toolbox or I don't know, like, but I just never used it unless, you know, I, I didn't have any other way of dealing. Um, and so just the fact that I would, you know, I take walks occasion, you know, and I don't ever, and before I would never be talking to my inner voice on the walk, you know, I just be listening to music or whatever. And the fact that I was... And I thought about this weekend and I thought about last week and, and I have been going to my inner voice a lot, just asking it questions, um, you know, about if I'm feeling like this weekend, I was feeling kind of irritable, um, less patient, I felt. Um, and I was just like, what's wrong with me? <laughs> or, you know, like, what do you have to say? And, and it told me, it was like, you're tired. You are a person. Sometimes you're not going to feel great. And like, I think I had been feeling a little bit of guilt if, I mean, I didn't 
I didn't yell at anybody or anything, but like I said, I wasn't at my best and I was feeling maybe guilty that maybe Damon and Finley could tell. Oh, is that, Um, is there an emotion there that you might not have been at your best? Yeah. I mean, there's a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you're such a beautiful little soul. Like I see such like sensitivity. So I can imagine how that might feel like, you know, when you, your first one, remember I was the good girl. I held it all in. So mom didn't have to pay attention to me. It just feels like, yeah, you do your very, very, I can relate my, my, my little self in me is very similar. We do our very, very, very best to be our very, very, very best. And isn't that so unattainable (laughs) the human form (laughs) and so stressful? Okay. Where do you feel it? Go on in. You don't need to hold on to that. They're not sitting there running around trying to be their very best for you. And you wouldn't even need them to, but where are you feeling that in you that you need to be your very, very best for them? You have to be perfect. Like my heart. Yeah. Area. Yeah. Well, how big? It's like an avocado pit. Okay. Go into that pit. Go into that avo pit. It's okay. It's okay. It's just a feeling that makes you feel that way. And then that story goes in and runs amok. It's okay. It's okay. Feel that in. I remember this about the, well, two things. One, Kayleen's inner voice comes to mind from the Lively Show episode for those, as you're feeling, keep releasing, Jennifer, you're doing great. Um, But for those listening as you're doing this, Kayleen had the same feeling of wanting to be kind of a great mom to her kids and not get frustrated with them. And on the Lively Show TV, the YouTube, her inner voice said, actually having emotions shows them they can have emotions and that it's okay and they don't have to be perfect. And interestingly, my inner piece for mothers, when I inner voiced for everyone, if you want to go listen to it, it's really good. Even if you don't have any kids, I love listening to it just for my own self. It was so powerful. And it just said, they're okay. You're okay. Whatever happened today, everyone is okay. Have you heard that one, Jennifer? Not yet. Oh, Jennifer, when you get done with this, and especially in the future when you feel this way, I hope you remind yourself or remember to go check it out. It's Mm -hmm. five minutes long, I think. It's very short. But it just is so powerful. It's like everyone is okay, and whatever happened is okay. It was this beautiful thing. I thought my inner voice was going to give the moms a spot, and instead it just said whatever happened today, whatever the kids' emotions were, whatever yours were, everyone is okay. (laughs) It was just like really powerful and really feels good. Even if you have zero kids, I love listening to that one. How's your awful pit? I think it's gone. Okay. Now think about the pressure you felt to be perfect and on your best behavior for them that weekend. How does it feel now looking back at the story? It feels okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people and especially, especially women, it's obviously not only a women thing, but I definitely think that I can imagine a lot of mothers trying to put themselves on this pedestal of perfection to help the family function. Yeah. My, my mom was so good at it, you know, growing up, I feel like she was like steady and we could always depend on her and she just seemed to have it all together, I guess, in a way. Let's ask your inner voice. Let's ask mom's inner voice. You're good at this now. Let's go to mom's inner voice. 
Okay. So I don't even know if she's alive or not. doesn't matter. But let's go to her inner voice. Inner voice and mom, can we hear from you? So just tune in. Like call mom, basically, but not your human mom. Call the inner voice of the mom. Okay. Inner voice of mom, can we talk to you? Yes. Okay. Was she always perfect? Did she always feel perfect in the human body? Don't even think about your actual mom if you called her on the telephone. This is not about your physical human mom, but let's ask the inner voice of the mom. Did she always feel steady? No. No. How did she get away with seeming like she was? Because <laughs> Jennifer didn't even know, and she's the oldest child. How did she get away with looking like she had it all together if she didn't? Inner voice of mom. There is more to memory than what was. Okay, what does that mean? You know what that was saying. What is that saying? It's more to memory. Like, things may not be as I remember them. Ah, so you just have the story that mom was really steady and perfect, and I'm not. Yeah. Okay. Here, let's ask her, your inner voice of mom, since we got her on the telephone, <laughs> not physically. Um, does, did her mom, did, did the mother have it any more together than Jennifer's having it actually together Inner voice of mom? So you can't answer this. You have no idea. Your mind will think obviously she did, but just find out inner voice of mom. Did, does Jennifer have it any more or less together than the mom did when she was going through her journey? We are more alike than, you know, yeah. And how come, how are they so alike? Because Jennifer feels like she's failing at this and mom seemed like she was super successful at it. How are they more alike than she realizes? You, you both care so much and listen. You listen to your kids. How does it feel to hear that? Really nice. Yeah. Really nice. In her voice of mom, is she doing a good job as a mom? Good job. Good job. So much good. So much good. She's doing a pretty good job? Yes. A really good job? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Inner voice of mom, who's already raised four kids, right? If I remember right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Inner voice of mom, you've already raised four kids and they all turned out good. And Jennifer thinks she is the best thing since sliced bread. So she did a good job. Inner voice of mom, what do you want Jennifer to know about her mothering? Not like a je about Jennifer's mothering. Inner voice of mom, what do you want Jennifer to know about Jennifer's mothering? Each child is so different. And you don't know what to do right away. But friendship is possible. Listening is important. Your love comes through. Thank do you. Do it your way. Yeah. <laughs> Anything more in her, in her voice of mom? She doesn't have to do what mom's way. I'm feeling all this love. <laughs> yeah, you're feeling it. In her voice of mom, she doesn't have to do the things the way the mom did them. 
No. No. Would that even help Finley? Ooh, this is interesting. Would it even help Finley for Jennifer to do it her mom's way? Finley is his own person. And your mom did it different for every child. Mothering shifts all the time. And that's okay. Beautiful. Anything else, Mom, in her voice you want her to know? Just love comes through. Yeah, I'm just feeling a lot of love. Yeah, there you go. How does it feel to catch that story and re-understand it at a higher level? Really great. I mean, I've always said if I could just be my mom. You said that? Well, we just went there. Okay, so now we found out. This is tying a lot of your sessions together. I could say from all your inner voicing about this, it sounds like if I was to reflect on everything you've heard and received from all of this in yourself and in Finley and in your mom's inner, the mom's inner voice too, you have one child and you were meant to have one child and this one child has special needs and you are the right person for that one child with the special needs that he has in terms of his sensitivities and everything. And you're doing a very good job and your mother did a very good job and she did it differently and uniquely for each child as they grew and changed also. And so you're doing the same kind of good job your mom did for your siblings with Finley. Mm. Yeah. No, I mean, Finley, he seems happy, you know, overall. And I just need to keep remembering, you know, that everybody has their own journey and struggles and I can't take them all away. And you weren't meant to. Remember, he's he was saying he needed yeah. to be courageous. Yeah. You know, like it's part of his process. It's part of his journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this feels really good right now, too, because Finley is kind of, you know, kind of re... I guess he's starting to get scared again. Not as bad as it was before, but, you know, at night, it's kind of still still going on. And it's just, yeah, nice to hear that I'm doing okay. Just, you know, keep listening to him. Yeah, ask your inner voice. Inner voice, okay, he's scared again. What do you want me to do? Same or different as last time? Anything I should know? Should I be worried? See, I'm just hearing, like, stay the course. Yeah. It's okay. It's really sweet. He doesn't have an overbearing mother. He has a mother that has a lot of compassion for him because she goes through a lot of similar things, right? You have a lot of, I would say fears, but like concern that you're doing it right. Yeah. And I would say I was a sensitive kid, you know, like, like he is not maybe about the same kinds of things, but, um, it, it was kind of hard sometimes because of that. And so I kind of get it. I don't think he's just trying to be difficult, No, you know, no, no. And as you do that, as you keep growing in your own courage, 
it's modeling it for him. Mm. You're not overbearing to pull it out of him. Mm. I had a, I don't want to get too specific because it comes to mind. I want to be general so it's not too specific. But I remember a family member and another family member. And I'm trying to be very broad about this. So I'm not trying to point anything specifically at anyone in my family. But I remember a family member that saw a family member and felt that they were not as strong as they felt that they should be. Mm. And that family member tried to push on the other family member. And it caused a lot of stress between them. And it didn't help what the one family member wanted the other family member to be like. It didn't make it better. It made them upset, (laughs) which obviously, because they're kind of being told they're they're doing something wrong by being how they are. Mm. But it didn't make that other person better. It just gave them beanbags. And you're not doing that. You're more similar to him. And by having that compassion and understanding and a little bit of empathy turning into compassion, though, and as you start to thrive in your bolder ways and courageous ways in yourself, you're modeling it for him. You're being the change you wish to see in the world. And he will notice more of what you do than what you say. Yeah. No, we have, you know, when I think about it, we've, I feel like we have a special relationship and, you know, I, I hear parents say, you know, you can't be friends with your kids and you, you know, you can't do this or you can't do that. And, um, Ask your inner voice. Finley, is he supposed to be my friend? Inner voice. Am I supposed to be his friend? Inner voice. For him. Indeed. Yeah. Why inner voice? Why do you want to be his friend? It is easier to listen when you're friends. You can have friendship and be a mom. And it's not going to undermine her dictatorial power over him or her, uh, whatever they're worried about in that mass consciousness belief. A friendship with a child is different. Just like all friendships are different. But it is also friendship. You listen and allow, you allow him to share with you without trying to control how or what he wants to do or share. You protect him and he won't always be happy with you. 
What does she need to protect him from? In her voice. Youth. What does that mean in her voice? Protect him from youth. He is learning so much. You are his stairs. Okay, what are the stairs? Show the stairs. What is that? You're a place to step from one thing to another. Your wisdom and rules for his life support him. He goes at his own pace to where he wants. <sighs> but you keep him on the stairs for now. Okay, this is edgy question, all right? Inner voice, does he really need protecting? Exhale. <laughs> does he really need protecting inner voice? I heard he needs a floor. Okay, but does he need protecting? Is he ever not safe in her voice? Exhale on that one. Is Jennifer ever not safe in her voice? I am with them always. Yeah. In her voice, is Jennifer ever not safe? We'll just start with you. In her voice, is Jennifer ever not safe? My mind is really going. I know, right? <laughs> I, I know. I was like, well, do I go there? Do I not? I'm sure listening IVFT grads are like, hmm, is she going to go there? Is she not going to go there? Inner voice, is Jennifer ever not safe? What are you getting? Well, I'm hearing always safe. Yeah. <laughs> Your mind doesn't want to say <laughs> what? What's the mind's response to that? Well, it's like not, you know, sometimes I'll get something from my inner voice and I'll have a feeling, like a, a knowing, uh, like, I don't know. It's hard to explain. It's a positive yeah. feeling. But with that, it's like I heard that, but I don't know if my mind got there so fast. It's like, really? Like, yeah. Yeah, but inner voice, like, I'll keep going. I'll play the lawyer for the mind. I, I know this. This is not my first rodeo of this type of questioning, but I hope to do it in case for you or anyone else that might be playing the story of I have to protect my child, like, let's look at that in a clear light from our inner voice. Okay. So inner voice, Jennifer's always safe. That's what you got earlier, right? Mm -hmm. Is that true inner voice or is that the mind? It's true. It's true. But Jennifer's going to die in her voice. That doesn't sound very safe to me. Like eventually, whether she falls down the stairs or whether she has cancer or whether she dies in her sleep at 700 years old, she's eventually going to die. That doesn't feel very safe. How is she always safe? Even if she's going to die. Exhale. She is eternal. So even when she dies, she's still safe? Yes. So even if she dies at 700 years old in her sleep, she's still safe? Indeed. 
And even if she dies tomorrow in a car crash, is she still safe? Indeed. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, let's find out about for Damon. Is it always, is he always safe or just Jennifer? Yes, he is. He is too. Even if he dies at 700 years old in his sleep, he's still safe? Mm-hmm. Even if he died tomorrow in a car crash, he's still safe? Yes. Okay, and why is he still safe even when he dies? Inner voice. Damon. He is not his body. Okay, now let's go to the little Finley. Okay, inner voice. Is Finley just, because he's not as old as them. They're old, so maybe they're safer because they're older or something. But is he always safe or not always safe? Inner voice. He is safe. Even if he dies at 700 years old in his sleep? Mm-hmm. And even if he dies in a car crash tomorrow? Mm-hmm. How does the mind feel hearing all of that? Obviously, you could tell I was repeating it, but it's trying mm. to spread the butter, right? I'm trying to help you see what's true for one is true for... Is this only their family in her voice? Is this only <laughs> Jennifer's family that's always safe? No. No? Who else is safe in her voice? Her parents? Yes. And her siblings? Yes. And her neighbors? Are they counting too, or is it just their family line? Everyone. Everyone? Is it just the Americans? Are they the only ones? No. No? Not just the people in the Midwest? No. Not just the people in North America? No. What about the people in Australia? Are they safe too? This is a lot of people. We're counting in our voice now. We're getting closer to 7 billion people right now. We're counting everybody in our voice? Yes, all souls here and not. Ah, there you go. Good job. How does that feel? That feels interesting. Interesting, right? That came from you, Jennifer, not from a preacher on Easter Sunday. Yeah. No, yeah, I got that feeling that it's like with Finley when you asked. A feeling I got was like he's he was safe before mm-hmm. he came. Yeah. And he's safe after. Yeah. Right? Is he, was he safe before he was born? It's a great question. Was I safe before I was born in her voice? Yes. <laughs> Am I safe after I die? Yes. And if Finley's safe before he's born? Yes. And before he dies? Yes. And the puppy that we might later get is safe before it's born because it's not born yet? Yes. And it's safe after it dies? hmm What a relief. Yeah. No, that does right? feel different. Yeah, no, when you think of... Right? Okay, so, now let's get practical, okay? So I'm not, I just wanted to play the lawyer for the mind, but I also, you know, I'm ultimately on the, the counsel with the inner voices. So I, I get to play both sides of the jury. It's quite, or the courtroom, it's quite fun. Um, now let's get practical, okay? Okay. So, inner voice, as much as I loved doing that with Jennifer, I know that she's got a practical, real world little boy sitting there with 10 fingers and 10 toes. And even though, He's not going to die and he's always safe and always well. What is the role of a parent or Jennifer specifically as a parent when it comes to his safety? If he's always safe, he doesn't really need her. But like, what is the best way she can support him? If he doesn't really need the safety thing, what is the role? Because right now they're all trying to protect their kids from so many things that apparently they don't need protecting from. So what is, what is Jennifer to do? To be there. That's it? Yes. What about the no candies, don't talk to strangers and take candies? This is what I was given when I was little. You probably were too, Jennifer. Mm -hmm. So what about the whole like don't talk to strangers story? Is she supposed to give him all those kind of spiels that we got given when we were little? 
She can. She can. Is there anything you want her to know that she does or doesn't have to do on stuff like that? Or even like, what if he ever gets bullied? Not that he is, but like if he ever had a bully, what would, what would you want her to do? Be there. What does that mean in her voice? Be there. A haven. Place to go. Do you want her to protect him from the bully? Theoretically. Not exactly. Okay. What would be clear for all this kind of stuff, this, this parenting stuff, this real life stuff in her voice? She is his gift, a friend. To share. To share her love and wisdom. To be there. It is up to him. What he wants to take. So she's there to provide options, but not tell him what to do with them. Is that the, the gist of it? Yes, this is for her happiness, too. What's for her happiness, too? Connection. Her connection with him. It is love, 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 love. How does that feel, Jennifer? a little overwhelming why what's overwhelming just like the feeling I felt you know like my my big job is only my job because it's love for me too like I don't know it's like the feeling I got was we were put together Finley and I, for, for each other. I'm not just here for him, and he's not just here for me. That this relationship we've got, this love that goes back and forth, like a constant force, I guess, like a cycle, it is there for our happiness. And like, I guess, yeah, it's hard to put into words, but like me being his mom, me being there for him is partly for me. Mm -hmm. And it's just happiness and love. It's not there for protection. Yeah. Yeah, like, and like, I don't have to worry about doing all the right things all the time because the things change all the time and I can just listen. I guess that's the one thing that I, I took away was listen, listen, listen to him. And like, that's part of my joy or that will be part of my joy is listening to him regardless of what he chooses to do with what I tell him or, you know, like whatever. Um, you know, I'm still going to tell him he can't 
you know, throw glitter all over the living room or whatever. But that when it comes to stuff like when he's scared, I need to listen to him. And, and just like it said, just be there. And in that, I'll, I will get happiness from that, and he will too, even though it's kind of brought on by a negative thing. And yeah, I guess at the end, it just I just felt all this just intense love. Isn't that amazing? That's parenting, according to your inner voice for Finley. Yeah, and that... Honestly, it puts the weekend into perspective a little bit because, like I said, I wasn't feeling great about um, how I was feeling. Or I guess yeah, I wasn't feeling good about how I was feeling, um, you know, because, like, he's such a chat. Like, he's so chatty. You know, he's a boy, but he's still in that age where he's just talking all the time. And it's hard to concentrate on anything. You know, I was trying to, we we're doing gardening. And you read all these, I feel like I, I must read these kind of magazines, but gardening is meditative and it's good, you know, it's good for your, your mind because you're concentrating on that and, you know, it's supposed to be so relaxing and, and like gardening with Finley, <laughs> it's not like that at all. Um, it's, it's hard, you know, it's hard to keep, to figure out what I'm trying to do because he's constantly wanting me to look at him or, you know, see this or that. And, and I'm trying to incorporate him into what I'm doing. And it's just like, not at all. Like, you know, I think of Joanna Gaines out in her garden with her kids. Like, this is not what I'm thinking of. Um, you know, this feels stressful. And you think she, her having four kids or however many kids with all the animals, you think it's not stressful? Well, it is in my mind. Like I was, I was feeling like, oh, she, you know, she probably, is at ease all the time, you know. Let's ask her. Let's go to inner voice of <laughs> Joanna Gaines. Let's, let's call on. It's like, let's call George Clooney right now. Who do you want to call? Who do you want to call? You want to call Brad Pitt? Let's call Brad Pitt. Let's call Joanna Gaines. Inner voice of Joanna Gaines. <laughs> let's see. It's a, it's a practice. If we get nothing, if she's busy right now, she's like, I don't have time to talk to you. I've got four kids and I'm gardening. I don't have time for this. No. Inner voice of Joanna Gaines. I know this is a stretch. Let's just see. Inner voice of Joanna Gaines. Is she always, what was your story? She's always calm. Well, yeah, always at ease with the situation. At ease. You know? Okay. Inner voice of Joanna. She thinks you're super chill. Are you always at ease in all of the things? You practically run Waco, Texas. Inner voice of Joanna Gaines. Is the, is the mind of Joanna always at ease? We are all the same. And what does that mean about the ease of Joanna's life versus Jennifer's life and her voice of Joanna Gaines? Ease flows in and out. Okay. So is she always easeful? That human mind of Joanna Gaines? No. No. Well, that's a relief. Let's ask your inner voice. We'll go back. Thank you, Joanna Gaines' inner voice. We're not going to go too far down that path. But at least you got some kind of the best you could get for now clarity that 
she's not always peaceful. Inner voice is anyone's mind ever completely always peaceful before enlightenment and major mm -hmm. steps after that as well. It is, it is possible, but but rare. Rare. And is it something Jennifer needs to be going for right now and she's flawed if she doesn't have it right now in her voice? No. Uh, this is... This is what she should learn in this season. Learn, learn to be okay with the flow of ease and unease. How does that feel, learning to be in the flow of ease and unease? It feels good, uh, like a river. I guess is what I'm visualizing, like a river going through um, rocks, you know, or rapids or going around bends. You know, it's not always calm, but it doesn't mean it's not flowing. Beautiful. There you go. I, I have had a few heavy weeks of growth in myself lately. Now it's much calmer, but for a few weeks it was quite heavy as I was, I didn't realize it until towards the end of the, the weeks, but it was, I was birthing a new understanding about this reality. And so going into that, I was being stretched and I think I shared this in the Danielle episode that's going to have aired by the time they listen to this one, but it was showing me, I have this eye mask that I'm stretching out the elastic band of because it's too tight in my face. Mm -hmm. So I have it stretching and my inner voice showed me the band and it said, that's what I was doing was I was stretching to expand. Mm. I was being stretched. And if I hadn't stretched further, and the idea of the band was I was stretching to break the bonds that were limiting and holding the band into a tighter pattern than what I wanted it to be. And that's what it was doing to me. <laughs> On the physical level, I was being expanded and those bonds and limitations in my mind were breaking so I could birth a new understanding about my perception of this and understanding of how this reality works. And it was really like, birthing, but it wasn't a physical body I was birthing. It was a, a perceptual shift I was birthing. And that was taking a lot of bonds that my mind was holding on to as true had to be broken so that I could break through that limiting understanding that my mind believed this reality was based on. So the consciousness was birthing it in, but then even for the mind to understand what was happening as it was happening, um, it happened after the mind broke. Mm. I could get it, not only from the awareness of me, but also now my mind knows what happened too. But the mind before was like, it could have come in a lot easier if the mind wasn't still holding on to older belief systems. So all these beliefs are needed to be stretched and broken to expand. And that's funny because on my walk today, you know, that's a word that came up was expanding or expansion, kind of in that same yeah. vein. So you're going through the expansion. How about this, Jennifer? 
the expansion right now for you might look like getting really good with going through seasons of ease and unease, phases of ease and unease, and getting good at going between those two phases. Mm. Yeah, like accepting the unease without making it into a problem. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what just I do. Just getting good at it. <laughs> yeah, but getting good at going, oh, yeah. I'm just going through this. It's like yeah. um, just, watching people surf in Portugal, going through the wake, um, paddling through to get out to where the breaks happen. Mm -hmm. They have to go through all these waves that are crashing at them. And it looks really hard. I don't think I would do very well with it at all, paddling out there mm -hmm. through the waves to cut through. And so getting comfortable when the waves hit you and when they're not hitting you. <laughs> getting comfortable paddling through a vibrational reality. Some of them do it and make it look so easy. And other ones look like they're getting smashed. <laughs> Can't yeah. get through. So maybe you're just getting comfortable with the variance and, and going between the two phases and not being phased on top of the phase change about the fact that you're phase changing. Yeah. No, that's what I feel like I, I tend to do is when I feel the unease, you know, I'm like trying to fix it, which is almost grabbing onto it and not letting it go away. Yeah. Then a lot of attraction kicks in and the momentum of that struggle continues. Yeah. Because you're struggling with the struggle. Yeah. Um, something just came to mind that I kind of wanted to ask you um, after this last few nights. Sometimes in the middle of the night, you know, Finley will wake up. Sometimes I go right back to sleep. You know, most of the time that happens. But for the last several nights, I just haven't been able to. And... I find in the middle of the night when I'm laying in bed and I don't go to sleep, you know, right away, it really feels like my mind is running the show, that I can't, and I can't stop it. <laughs> like I'm less able. What hours of the night, if we're going to be specific here, I'm just curious, what are these, let's say for the last few nights, what hours has the mind been running the show? I'm just curious. Between like one and three. One and three. Okay. How about what happens with your mind between four and seven? Are you asleep back then? Yeah, I would say I probably get back to sleep most of the time. Um, you know, before my alarm goes off, like right before six and... I'm usually, it usually wakes me up. So I must have fallen asleep. Okay. You know, so it's not usually four. So I, for a lot of times, have had periods where I wake up and it's usually in this seasons. Talk about shift changing. Like I've definitely had seasons where I get tons of sleep and seasons where I do not get much sleep. In the times where I don't get much sleep, I usually personally, this is just a personal experience for myself because I don't have children waking me up. So there's just me waking myself up yeah. usually. Um, although once I had a fox and I did not know it was a fox. I thought it was like a cat that was dying outside. Oh <laughs> Someone said that's what foxes sound like. And I was like, oh my God, I thought the cat had a cat fight and was like howling. No, I've heard they're kind of nuts when they... They're crazy. So it was wild. I only once have heard a fox over um, on the streets of London, but I would wake up around four yeah. on my own. So four to six or four to seven, it was really annoying because I had this period. Part of my stretching my eye mask band phase, part of it was a lot of lack of sleep. What I found, now one to three is different. 
so I don't want to make it wrong or anything. But normally for me at that four o'clock time being awake, I find it's easier. It could be one, two though. So let's play with it for you as well. Later at night, it's often a lot easier to hear your inner voice. Have you tried using your inner voice at that period when you're laying awake at night? Well, last night, you know, this happened and gosh, I feel like I, it's like I was trying, um, you know, as I was laying there, I was kind of trying to break out of, you know, and just ask, you know, my inner voice, like about, you know, why am I feeling this way? Or, and like I said, I, I, I guess I just felt like my mind was going so fast or going so strong that it was really hard to, to just jump off the train, I guess. I don't know. It... Yeah. Well, then have compassion for it. But if you, in the future, yeah. have the curiosity or ability as much as you're able, and let's do it, call it this way. I love this. A wise woman once told me, you can't until you can. Yeah. <laughs> so, so don't make it wrong, right? Just go through the waves that you're going through. But over time, it may become easier, especially yeah. in the middle of the night, to talk to your inner voice. Yeah. And then just do that instead of yeah. trying to get to sleep or trying to mm -hmm. just do that. Yep. And have compassion for yourself until you can do it. Um, don't make it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing wrong. But you can't until you can. But it's a great time if you're awake to try the best that you can you know, as good as you can. Yeah. And it doesn't mean make yourself go to school in the middle of the night <laughs> with your inner voice. Like don't try to like force it to be any specific thing. But oftentimes people observe that it's easier to hear their inner voice in a quieter time when the mass consciousness is more asleep and the quiet energies of the environment around them are calmer. Yeah. So maybe not even like being like, okay, what do I do about this problem? Or what do I do about that problem? But just like asking it to talk to me or. Yeah. Or anything, anything that's on your mind, but don't like try to force it to be giving you quantum mechanics lessons or something yeah. <laughs> like just, uh, or solving your every life problem that you have, but you could use that time as a dialoguing time. Um, yeah. up to you. I remember going to the bathroom in Hawaii in 2020 before a big shift occurred in my perception. And I would go to the bathroom and I'd hear my inner voice just start talking to me without even me asking anything. I'd say, we're coming, we're coming, we're coming. And I'm like, all right, I don't know what that means. But like, I just would hear that as I go to the bathroom. And then um, one day it was like, we came, like it happened. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know what happened. <laughs> like, I was like, just, uh, it was just a funny little like chain of events. And ultimately, yeah, I did have a big shift shortly after that period of time. Yeah. But it was just funny that it kind of warned me weeks ahead of time. Mm. And it did it in the middle of the night when I was walking to the bathroom. Um, but I wasn't even specifically asking a question. So the more connected you keep becoming, and especially in the more regular times of day and without having to be the Easter Sunday inner voice yeah. goer. <laughs> yeah, the 11th hour trying to. Yeah, exactly. When you're just doing it on a daily basis, yeah. on a daily stuff basis, you're just going to keep connecting in a more natural and easy way. And I think that as you keep doing that, even in your waking hours, it'll help the evening hours become easier too, yeah. or vice versa. Some people will find it's easier at night right away and others might not. Mm. But ultimately just getting used to doing it makes it easier any time of day. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true.
And you could even send, okay, let's say your mind starts going crazy, little dictator in its head going through the stuff in the middle of the night. You could just say whatever is happening in the mind, send it down to your inner voice and say, is that true inner voice? All the stuff my mind was just saying. Yeah. That's a big open question, right? Because you're tired. You don't have to be super awake here. Just say, is that true? And then just find out what it says. And then, you know, kind of dialogue, but you don't have to be heavily alert as you're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Like instead of like, okay, here's this problem and what do I do to change it? Just be like, is yeah. this a, is this true? Is this a problem? Is this scenario? Yeah. yeah. What do I need to know to have peace? What do I need to know so that I can calm down and go to bed? Yeah. Yeah. Like a friend. Yeah. Just having those gentle, soothing questions can be quite good. Yeah. But the more time you do spend time with your inner voice and you're doing great. So I just want to encourage you to keep going with where you're at and building on it as it evolves, like let it evolve, but you're doing really, really well. And the longer you're able to, have you ever tried writing to your inner voice, Jennifer? Yeah. Yet? No, in the beginning, okay. that was how, that was the only way I did it. Yeah. You know, cause it, I don't know, sometimes it, cause then you can read it <laughs> later. Yeah. <laughs> So good, especially if you're doing it with Damon next to you. You can't really do it out loud as yeah. easily because it might wake him up. I can, I don't necessarily do it out loud when I'm sleeping in the middle of the night. I'll just do it inside my head, mm -hmm. even myself, but I could put on the voice recorder. Um, what I love to do in the daytime though is use the voice recorder because it's my way of writing it without having to write things down. I get to record and listen back to it. Mm -hmm. And I love listening back. I don't always do that, but I love having the ability to listen back in case something goes came through and I was so out of my head that I want to, my head to catch up to what my inner voice said. I have to listen to it the second time to have my mind hear the insight. Um, cause sometimes it'll come through me, but there's no consciousness in my mind to capture and remember, retain it. So listening as the recording happens is nice sometimes. Yeah. And other times like I see a vision inside myself and once I've seen it, it sticks. Um, Sometimes when I hear it, it sticks. It depends on the situation. There's no like always one way for me. But yes, often I'll use my inner voice time in the evenings, in those early wee hours of the morning. Yeah. But if it's not easy, don't make it a problem. It could become easier. But I would say that practicing it at all times of day is probably the best way to make it better in night if it's not automatically easier at night. Yeah. No, yeah, that... That gives me hope. <laughs> yeah. And how does it feel? How does mothering uh, Finley feel now? I mean, I, I'm feeling pretty good about it right now. Um, for the most part, I have been. Um, I get the feeling that I'm mothering in a way that, you know, maybe I didn't think I would, but that that's okay, you know, um, Cause like we, you know, like I've said, he's, he's his own person and our relationship is unique and things are different too from when I was a kid. Um, yeah. I mean, like I said, after all this, I, the relationship feels so special. Um, and the unease thing comes into play as well with the parenting thing, because things aren't always easy and I'm not always feeling calm. Um, but if I stop trying to grab the unease and, you know, make it stop or make it behave, 
um, maybe I could flow around those things. Like, like you know, that I was thinking about that river. And, and that has a lot to do with my parenting as well, because sometimes I have that unease. And like I said, I'm thinking, well, I wish I was the kind of mother that always felt at ease around her kids. And I guess I'm beginning to see that maybe that's not actually a thing. <laughs> and then it could be like Finley saying, I wish I never felt afraid. Yeah. And it's like, well, you just be okay with it. Making it harder on yourself if you are afraid is not helping you, right? With you with the unease. Yeah, yeah. It's like making it harder on yourself is not going to make it better. And it wouldn't make him better either in his own little journey. Yeah, no, that's For his true. own little fears, right? So it's like, oh, you're literally able to model for him. Yeah. And it's great to see as you were talking about being a parent, a friend to your child. What's interesting is my dad certainly didn't have that point of view. <laughs> my dad was certainly one of those other ones you were telling about like I'm not here to be the child's friend. Yeah. And he wasn't. He was my parent. And I have to say I, you know, really respect now. I don't have that kind of friendship with him. Um but I really respect what he did and he was the perfect parent for me now. When yeah. I look back at it now, I'm like, "Oh my god, I'm so independent. I am so self, I don't know, reliant. And so, so many of the gifts he gave me have really served me to be the independent person that can do what I've done over these years. So if I just had the parent that I probably wanted when I was younger, which was that friendly parent for me, that wouldn't have been the journey that would have gotten me to the perception I have today. So I have so much to think because I had that kind of parent, but that doesn't mean that's the right kind of parenting for Finley, you know? Yeah. And so that's the gift is like, there's no, it's so funny how mass consciousness wants to make one belief system true for everyone, but some children might have the best dynamic as a soul through having the deepest connection with their parent and others like myself might have craved it when I was young. Cause that was kind of the story I would have liked to have had. But now I'm like, Oh my goodness, I'm so thankful with more wisdom and insight and skills in myself that I had the parent I did have and my soul picked the parent and my soul wasn't wrong. Like this has really served me. Yeah. And also like the parent parented the way that was good for them. Maybe. Oh, him and his yeah. own style. Yeah. And I can't say that, you know, he's raised three extremely independent children, yeah. <laughs> very self-reliant, very independent kids. Nobody has ever moved back home or not been able to support themselves or done really well in the ways that they wanted to thrive. And actually, funny enough, even stuff that he didn't like about choices myself and my brothers have made, especially my youngest brother and I, we've made a lot of choices that my dad probably would not have necessarily chosen for us, but we were so courageous to do it because he raised us to be yeah. so courageous. <laughs> so he's not, he's raised the kids that he wanted to have, even if we haven't performed the way his mind would have conditioned, you know, yeah. to, to have wanted. We have been unapologetically, fearlessly able to be ourselves. And that is what he always wanted ultimately, even if it doesn't look like it conforms to his social ideals or let's say mm -hmm. at different times of his own life. Like we are, we have no fear because he in a way raised us to have no fear. Yeah, no, that it's like, it, it's to me, I guess I was getting this feeling like, you know, everybody is so different <laughs> and, and there are such, you know, wonderful stories you know, like for one per like for you or for other people, you know, they came through this 
um, type of parenting and it was the best for them, you know, and it gave Mm -hmm. them this kind of life and, um, and then somebody else, you know, goes through this different way and it was the best for them. And <laughs> exactly. And I wouldn't amazing. necessarily raise my, and I probably wouldn't raise my kids the way my dad raised me because I would have to adjust to the souls that I was with. Yeah. And so just because it was successful for me, like your inner voice was saying with my type of dynamic doesn't mean that my kind of dad would have been right for Finley. Yeah. And my friend Didi has an incredible relationship with her son that is unlike most other relationships that other parents have with her, their children. And that's perfect for them. But that doesn't mean that her sister and her nephew should have the same dynamic because they're different souls. Yeah. Yeah. And I like, like you said, you know, the idea that, you know, they pick you, you pick them. You know, it's like a, a mutual attraction. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. And that just is really liberating. Yeah. And then what's really fun is if you had a difficult, let's say someone listening is like, I don't know, I would never pick that parent I had, you know, for whatever reason. What would be really interesting is to ask some questions to your inner voice and say, inner voice, did you pick these people? Yeah. <laughs> was this an accident? And if so, why did you pick them? Even if they were did X, Y, Z or this was so bad, why did you pick them? And see what you get. It takes a lot of courage and some bag releasing potentially. Um, even if it is to teach resilience, even if it is to teach that you, in feeling like a victim in your childhood, realize you're actually not a victim could be one of the biggest liberations. And it comes through the parent victim. Like, it's just so interesting. The inner voice will just have such interesting answers to those kinds of questions if the awareness of the person is strong enough to breathe through the mind and release some of the traumas or stories Mm. that they're holding on to. Like when I was younger, I didn't think that this was the best thing since sliced bread. (laughs) I thought I should have had the parent that you are being to Finley. It was only in a wiser place in myself that I could see the extreme beauty of picking the parents that I had. Yeah. I grew up craving to have and actually wanted to, in a sense, I think I had this huge, strong desire to have a family and children because I wanted to fulfill the family that I didn't feel like I got when I was young. And so I was like, oh, well, I want to do it the way I wish I had had it done. Mm. And now I don't even, I don't feel any lack from the family that I had. I see the beauty of the family that I had being perfect for how I've expanded and allowed me in a sense to expand so much more than I probably would have otherwise if I had, you know, this cozy family. I don't think I would have traveled the world for seven years. I would have just gone back and been close to them. I wouldn't have changed my name. I wouldn't have, there's so many things that I think I would have been more tied to in myself Mm -hmm. if I had more ties to, but I was raised, like we said, to be fiercely, I say fiercely, but like strongly independent, even though I craved partner and tried to find a family, I ended up becoming like, I don't know, complete within myself at a level that I, and not that you couldn't be a kid, sorry, friends with your kids, by the way, this isn't to say that's the only pathway this could have happened. It's just the way for me that this did unfold. But now I'm like, oh, it's so beautiful. And I don't even feel the need to have to complete a sense of a family I didn't have. I don't even need to have kids now. I like, I think that in a way that was for a period of time, this like striving to experience what I didn't get to experience through my own kind of family. And now I don't even feel like I had a gap in my own family needs. And so now I don't even have the feeling to have to need a family. If a family flows beautifully in my life, 
only if it really serves in the highest and best for me would I do it. And that'd be great because mm-hmm. I would have this beautiful experience. But if it, it's not going to come from a sense of lack anymore. I guess, and that gives, I feel like it gives me hope too about my future, um, how I thought it would be and, and what it's, you know, turning out like and, and that I don't even know how beautiful it might become. Yes. Yes. And just being his friend, because you know, that is right for you both. Yeah. That is right. And it doesn't mean I would raise my children the way my dad raised me. It just was right for me. It doesn't mean it was right for someone else. And it doesn't mean that if you had another child that they would need the same friendship dynamic that you'll have with Finley. Yeah. I mean, before I had Finley, I didn't even care to have kids. (laughs) You know, it was not part of my dream. Um, you know, he was an ac- kind of an accident as far as happening. Um, and it just wasn't at all what I thought, but I'm finding, you know, kind of like you said, it, it's just unfolding and, and I just don't know where it's going. But like I said, I just, I feel all this hope, even though it's, my life isn't necessarily what I had thought it would be. I, you know, that could be a good thing because I don't know how awesome it could end up mm-hmm. or, you know, the beauty that could come. Like you, I remember when you, and you've mentioned this, when you first went over to Europe, um, like your inner voice had said something like things you've never even dreamed of or. You want a life you never imagined before. Seven yes. years ago, it said that. Seven years ago as of May 5th. Yeah. You know, and, and I think that is so true. <laughs> I don't know, like maybe in all of our lives that, you know, the life we've never dreamed of before. You know, Jennifer, I realized when it said you want a life you never imagined, I think I used to always interpret that like a lifestyle, like you live somewhere different, you live in a different mm. house type or whatever. I have a different name, Jennifer. I have a different life. Yeah. Like I was like, wow, that was way more literal to you want a different life. I feel like right now I'm running between the morgue and the maternity ward. I'm like <laughs> executing the will and life of like, ex, you know, uh, stuff of Jess Lively and then birthing Bella Lively. So I've got like fingerprints, for visas and countries and new name changes and stuff. And then I've got giving away the last possessions of Jess Lively to Danielle in Canada and getting the escrow that I didn't realize I still had in the old house sorted from Jessica while I'm still Jessica legally so I can get that done. Because I think Bella Sophia Lively trying to get Jessica (laughs) Lively's (laughs) escrow might be a bit more confusing than it needs to be. So I feel like I'm tying up all the loose ends of Jessica's life. My inner voice said to look at my savings account as um, inheritance from Jessica. (laughs) I'm literally like becoming a different person, but built, it's like dying, you know, past lives. So you die, you, you come and then you come Mm -hmm. back in a new body. It's like, I died and I'm coming back in the same body. And it's really trippy because it's, uh, executing what the lifetime of Jess needed to do in order to transition all of her life into Bella. Yeah. So fascinating. But you're doing the same. I mean, you don't have to literally change your name or live in a different country or anything. You can do it, like you said, just having a different expression of your life than you imagined, even with the little boy you never imagined having. Yeah. No, and in some ways it did feel like part of me, you know, was dying 
and being mm-hmm. rebirthed into something else. And who knows, you could set up changing your name three years from now. Yeah, well, I've changed my last name a lot. <laughs> yeah, so right? So you could do a unusual. lot of different things. Who knows what's going to change? No, yeah, no, it is. I, and I remember when I would, when you first picked me um, mm-hmm. and we were having that first conversation, I, I remember telling you that I, I used to have hope in the future and that I missed that. Um, you know, cause the past several years have been really hard. And like I said, my life hasn't gone the way that I thought it would. And, um, that hope I'd felt kind of felt like it was lost. Um, so having that hope again, do you have it now? I'm feeling it right now. <laughs> You know, and, and, and honestly, through this experience, you know, I've, I've just felt it more and more coming back, you know, and I remember you had told me that it may not be the same, you know, you may not feel the same as you felt before, but the hope can come back. It just may be in a different way. And, and I, that's how it feels. It's like, you know, I, I was different then and I had all these things that had happened, you know, good things. And I figured more would happen. And, and then I had those hard years and, but now, you know, we're talking about how life doesn't, you know, how something that you've not imagined. And I just have this sense, like my inner voice is saying, you know, I don't know why it's plural, but, you know, we have good things for you. Um, like this whole beauty of life thing, you know, my inner voice has told me, this is our gift to you. It is. And, and we have more, you know, and that it's not the same as what I felt before, you know, exactly. But that hope feeling is the same. Well, I'm so happy to hear that. And I'm so excited to hear how the next two weeks go for you, my friend. Well, wonderful. <laughs> I didn't know if today would be the last day or not. <laughs> no, it's the series that never ends. I don't know <laughs> when it's going to end. I'm going with okay. the flow until the flow shows me the end. So we're still going. I'll see you next uh, two okay. weeks from now. But yeah, you're doing great, Jennifer. I'm so happy you have the hope. And I'm so happy you're feeling it from this new place in yourself. No, it is new. It feels new. Let's see what happens next. Okay. Thank you.